You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Radio Network. I'm Karen Gibis. I'm Father Brian Christensen. And we are live at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help, currently under construction. Currently under construction. We're uh, doing a new parish hall called St. Joseph's Hall. It's going to add about 11,000 square feet of uh, new space, uh, an entryway, handicapped bathroom facilities, a new kitchen, a new beautiful hall, uh, and uh, and also, you know, as uh, some people have noticed, if you're driving by a Fifth Street here in Rapid City, there's a lot of construction going on on the north side. People have written in, it's like, I thought we were building the hall on the south, south side. side. Well, the north side is where we have to get all our infrastructure, sewer and water, and we also are moving our beautiful um, baptistry uh, from the south side to the north side. What an undertaking. It's, it's amazing. It's going to change current. the whole cathedral. Well, I think, you know, again, uh, the exterior buildings, the things that we have should reflect our, the interior yep. of our hearts. So Agreed. churches that raise our hearts and minds to to Christ, to the heavenly realities, um, and spaces that are conducive to evangelization, catechesis, hospitality, to the Christian life. Community. Communal life, yeah, yep. for sure. Well, let's move from our cathedral to the cathedral in Bismarck. Oh, let's do it. We're going north with Father Jared Johnson. Good morning. Is it Father Johnson there? Okay. Well, we're going to visit in a few moments with Father Johnson, uh, and he is going to share with us a little bit about the pro-cathedral of St. Mary's in Bismarck. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Awesome. Good to have you with us. Good, Good. morning. Hey. Morning, Father. Morning, Karen. How are you? <laughs> I'm Good. doing really, really well. Doing really, really well. So, How, How's uh, the connection all the way down south here? All, it's great. It's solid. It's, great. It's, like you're, it's like you're right next door. It's like where Sister Diocese is. Fantastic. Great. <laughs> so, Father, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, about your uh, your priesthood and where you're at right now. Sure. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Karen. So I'm a priest for the Diocese of Bismarck. Um, I currently serve as the pastor of actually the pro-cathedral of St. Mary's, so the original cathedral here in downtown Bismarck, uh, different than the cathedral parish over on the west side of town. Um, been a priest for, for nine years, um, originally from the diocese here from Williston, up in the northwest part of the state, and um, began my time as a priest at our high school here in town, chaplain there, associate pastor of the cathedral, and now I've been at uh, this parish of uh, the Pro-Cathedral St. Mary in downtown Bismarck for five years. All right. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you guys just had ordinations up there in Bismarck, I understand. Yeah, we did. We had five guys ordained uh, to the priesthood on Monday, so a great blessing for our diocese. You guys have uh, ordinations, what, next weekend? Uh, yeah, next Friday we have uh, on uh, the Sacred Heart, so we have our ordination to the priesthood for uh, Josh Lee coming up, so that's pretty exciting for us. Wonderful. Um, I know, uh, I know uh, around the ordinations in Bismarck, it's kind of like a big extravaganza. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, you guys have year. a great you have a great culture, Catholic culture up there, and a great uh, bond of fraternity amongst your priests. Could you share for our listeners a little bit about the activities that surround an ordination in the Diocese of Bismarck? Yeah, sure. So usually the night before the ordination, uh, we have a pre-ordination banquet 
that begins with the holy hour, so the guys being ordained, uh, different priests that have influenced them, their family, um, siblings, parents, um, extended family come. And then there's usually a, a banquet uh, where each of the guys selects a priest to give a toast, um, speaking words of honor to them. Our bishop's usually there, a number of other priests. And so that's all the night before. And then the day of the ordination, um, the morning of, the, the guys to be ordained do a holy hour with our bishop at his uh, residence. They usually have lunch with, with the bishop. And then uh, the beautiful ordination liturgy at our cathedral. And then following that, uh, the University of Mary is a wonderful host for a, a huge uh, banquet a reception. We have a social, a dinner. Each of the guys that was ordained um, is able to speak um, about their own experience and offer their own gratitude to their family and friends. And then um, usually later that evening, uh, there's a reception for the priests and seminarians as well. So it's just a great few days, um, followed by the first masses at the various parishes that the guys come from as well. Still got fireworks going on? We still do fireworks, yeah. You were, you've been here many times, Father Brian, right? <laughs> I have, I have. I, we, I we, love we it. We miss you this year. I missed it, I know, I know. I'm trying to right. trying to run a parish down here these days. Um, right, I can tell. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about uh, a pro-cathedral. Can you help our listeners understand the, that idea of a pro-cathedral? And what is sure. St. Mary's, what is St. Mary's like? Yeah, so the, the word pro, the prefix pro in front of cathedral, is short for a provisional cathedral. And so um, when a diocese is established, ours was 1910, so 120, 112 years ago, when a diocese is established by the Vatican, um, the new bishop of that diocese has to, needs to de- designate a parish within the diocese to serve as a provisional cathedral, because obviously a cathedral parish hasn't been built yet. The diocese was just named. And so when our diocese was named in 1910, um, our bishop, Bishop Worley, uh, selected St. Mary's, which was the only parish in the city of Bismarck, to serve as the pro-cathedral, the provisional cathedral. And so this was the bishop's parish um, from 1910 until 1945. At that time, our new cathedral was built. um, And one of the kind of honors or um, historical points is that a, uh, a parish that served as the pro-cathedral can kind of retain that title as part of their heritage. And so uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Bishop Kagan gave us permission to resume using that title um, as a point of, of historical um, significance for our parish. Ah, great. Um why would, you know besides being the only parish at the time in Bismarck what what what's uh, what's a, can you give us a description a little bit uh, of St Mary's for our listeners so they can have a kind of a vision of this uh, this church in downtown Bismarck Yeah so it's a beautiful um parish campus we're right downtown right on Broadway which is great I think we're certainly if uh, people out east would hear this we're the most urban parish in the in the diocese um and so we're between the two hospitals, right between uh, Sanford and, and CHI St. Alexis. Um, so there's a lot of uh, hustle and bustle. We try to kind of serve the needs of, of downtown individuals. So um, working people, we try to have, we have mass every morning at 7 a.m. So those who work in our hospitals and other downtown establishments have a nice and easy place to um, access mass and the sacraments. Um, so we, we try to do that. Um, we have a great school attached to our, our parish um, K through five. That's part of our larger uh, school system, Light of Christ Catholic Schools here in the city of Bismarck. Um, so it's a wonderful parish and just a lot of great history here and, and great families and great people. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Now, coming to the uh, up here soon is uh, having the relics uh, of St. Uh, Bernadette coming to St. Mary's. Um, when is that going to happen, and uh, how, how did it come about? Yeah, so the relics um, are making their tour, the relics of St. Bernadette, and we can talk a little bit about her as we go. Um, they're arriving this evening. They're on tour here in the United States for the first time ever. And so it, the uh, relics tour began in Miami back in April, uh, right around Easter, and they've kind of been making their way up the East Coast and now through the Midwest. Um, they're in transit as we speak. They began the day in, in Wisconsin, and the drivers are driving 10 hours from Wisconsin. They'll be arriving in Bismarck this evening. Um, but in terms of the different events for the relics tour, um, that begins tomorrow morning. We have a 10 a.m. mass here at, at St. Mary's um, to kind of open the relics tour. Then they'll be uh, available for veneration throughout the weekend. And then we close the um, events with a 6 p.m. mass on Monday evening, Monday evening, June 20th, and Bishop Kagan will be here to be the main celebrant for that. We'll have a Marian candlelight tour around the block, kind of like they do in Lourdes. Um, so it's a great um, event for our parish and for the people of, of the region. Yeah, that's fantastic. Tell, tell us a little bit about who St. Bernadette was. Yeah, if anyone wants a crash course on it, they can certainly tune in to the movie that many of us have seen, The Song of Bernadette. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty historically accurate movie um, just depicting her, her life. But um, the, the short end of it is, at the age of 14, St. Bernadette, who grew up in southern France, very poor family. Um, she's a very sickly child, a lot of different ailments on a, on a physical level. Um, at the age of 14, in February of 1858, um, an apparition um, occurred in which she, she saw a light coming from this cave where the city dump was, um, basically. Um, it was on the outskirts of town. She had been there with her sister and another friend collecting firewood. And in this cave, in this kind of grotto, um, a light appeared. And um, emerging from that light was was a young girl uh, dressed in white who was simply smiling at her. And Bernadette um, didn't know what to do, she totally freaked out and, and scared tried to pray, tried to reach for her rosary, make the sign of the cross, and just didn't know what to do. Um, Over the course of a number of days, um, these apparitions continued. Um, After the first one, um, she confided in her sister uh, what had happened. She told her sister, don't don't tell anyone. Her sister, of course, as sisters do, didn't listen and uh, (laughs) told people. Sisters anyway. (laughs) Yeah, right. And uh, people started to find out, and um, you would think that Bernadette's life would get easier with this, but it, it certainly did not. Um, a lot of doubt, a lot of ridicule. Um, she was actually forbidden from going back to the to the apparition site by local authorities, her own family. Um, and, and so over the course of time, um, towards the end of these apparitions, uh, the, the lady in the vision um, instructed Bernadette to tell the priests of the area to go and build a chapel there. And she goes and tells the priests that uh, this lady in white has instructed me to tell you that we need to build a chapel here. And the, the priest said, you ask her who she is and what is her name. And so Bernadette goes back and asks the lady in the apparition in the vision, what is your name? And she says... I am the Immaculate Conception. And in some ways, um, that 
announcement was really timely. Um, 1858 was just four years after Pius IX had declared the Immaculate Conception an official dogma of the Church. And um, Bernadette, who was not very learned, um, she really struggled in school, especially with with religion. Um, When she was told the name Immaculate Conception, she kept repeating it to herself again and again so she wouldn't forget. And so when she went to tell the priest that this woman is the Immaculate Conception, it kind of validated the entire experience of saying, how would this poor, young, you know, unlearned girl know such a thing? Um, and so that's, there's a lot more details one could get into, but that's kind of the, uh, the gist of it. Yeah, no, it's just a really beautiful story. And, uh, and going to the apparition site today, the, to make a pilgrimage to, to Lourdes is a, a really tremendous, beautiful uh, experience. Um, and, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners have had that. And if they haven't, uh, I'd, Kind of put it on my bucket list before uh, Acapulco. I'd put uh, <laughs> put Lords on that list. Um, well, how like how is Bernadette important for us today? Like, what can she share with us? Her life um, for for Christians for Catholics today. I think for for many of us, it would be her courage and her faith. Um, and so, first, her courage that she never felt the need to have to convince anyone of what happened. She simply said, this is what happened. This was my experience. You don't have to believe me, but this is what happened. And as she kind of just shared her own experience, as I mentioned earlier, there was a lot of doubt, a lot of suspicion, a lot of um, judgments against her in that. And she she never wavered in that. She just continued to tell the story. And um, that, to me, is very compelling for us. Of This is my experience of whatever reality, and you don't have to believe it. But this is what happened to me. We're going to come back after the break with Father Jared Johnson from the Pro Cathedral of St. Mary's in Bismarck and talk about the relics of St. Bernadette. We'll be back after the break. Live, engaging, and local. Thanks, Jared. This is Real Presence Live. You bet, Father. Where we bring you positive and uplifting stories yeah, and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Yeah, the Do whole you weekend. know a priest um, who has made a difference Saturday, in your life Monday, Monday. or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, yeah, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. I Visit our website that. at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. I'm Father Richard Kunst with the Papal Minute. For the first five centuries, popes kept their baptismal name as their papal name. That changed in 533, when the elderly deacon named Mercury was elected. With the pagan era still fresh in people's memories, the deacon decided it was unbecoming for the Vicar of Christ to have a name of a pagan deity, so he adopted the name John II. It is now the common practice to adopt a new name once elected. To illustrate that the person now has a different relationship with God, he takes on a new moniker. Names are chosen for all sorts of reasons. Most choose a name of a previous pope or a saint that they want to emulate. The last pope to keep his baptismal name was Marcellus II, collected in 1555, who reigned only 22 days before dying. We don't think that there is any cause and effect. This has been your Papal Minute. To learn more, visit papalartifacts.com. That is papalartifacts.com. 
This is Father Richard Kunst. If you enjoyed this Papal Minute, you'll want to see the Papal Artifacts Collection on display here in Duluth, Minnesota, August 19th through 21st this summer, 2022. For more information, go to VaticanUnveiled.com. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness yeah, to here. every resident, it's a privilege out. to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibbs. This is Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. And we're here in Rapid City, South Dakota, where the temperature's climbing, our show is heating up, we got great things, we've been talking about wonderful things, and we're on the line with the, the pastor of the Pro Cathedral, St. Mary's in Bismarck, Father Jared Johnson. Um, Father, you were talking on, about um, the conviction of Bernadette's faith, and just really, uh, I, her testimony, like, I know this to be true. I know this is true, and and at a young age, fourteen, I mean, throughout her early life and you know her whole life, just uh, just a con- tremendous conviction uh, of faith. Um, can you tell us, like, why 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 people should make this pilgrimage to St. Mary's uh, this coming uh, weekend, tomorrow, and uh, Sunday and Monday? Um, what's important about about relics? Yeah, so kind of back just to her life for a moment, Father, on that too is she also didn't feel the need to have to impress anyone. Um, you know, having this wonderful grace of the Blessed Mother appearing to her in such a powerful way, she didn't identify it as Mary until until later on when, when Mary said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Early on in the vision, she just said, this is what I'm seeing, a lady in white. You, you can make the conclusions you want. So she just referred to her as, as that lady. Um, and it wasn't like she came out and said, hey, this, this is Mary right away. Um, it wasn't until that identification of, of Mary as the Immaculate Conception. And, and again, just her courage and her faith. And we see that in all the saints. And that kind of connects us back to the importance of relics and how they're part of our, our Catholic tradition and being placed in, in altars and other places of prayer. And uh, the saints, and uh, specifically their, their relics in a physical way, are a reminder of our, our call to holiness and our call to personal sanctity, whatever that looks like. And so um, St. Bernadette knew that even though she was given this grace, she still needed to be uh, holy and to live this life of, of sanctity. Wonderful, wonderful. Could you uh, could you kind of share with our listeners, you talked a little bit about the schedule that's coming up for these celebrations uh, and the opportunity to venerate the, the relics of St. Bernadette uh, there at St. Mary's in Bismarck. Could you kind of share once again what's gonna, sure. how it's going to kick off and, and yeah. when could people come and what can they expect when they arrive? Great. So tomorrow morning, um, Saturday, June 18th at 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time, we do have our opening Mass, and so that'll be... Um, a Saturday Mass uh, with, with wonderful music and, and things of that nature. Um, so that'll be kind of the kickoff for the event. And then all day tomorrow, so from 11 a.m. 
until uh, 6 p.m. in the evening. The relics will be available for veneration in prayer. Um, we have our regular mass schedule this weekend as well, with it being the solemnity of the Corpus, of Corpus Christi. Uh, we have mass tomorrow evening at 4.30 p.m., which is our, our parish mass, but certainly anyone is invited to come. Uh, and then Sunday, June 19th, um, Father's Day, also Corpus Christi Sunday, we have our regular mass schedule in the morning, uh, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and the relics will be um, available all afternoon from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m., and again, we have our Masses throughout that day, along with um, a Eucharistic procession for the Corpus Christi Feast, following our 11 a.m. Mass. Um, so it's a great thing that we're given the relics on the weekend of Corpus Christi. Uh, Bernadette had such a strong uh, devotion and, and found great, great strength in her own reception of, of Holy Communion. And so for us to have the relics um, on this weekend is a great blessing for us. And then Monday, Monday, June 20th, um, we have a 7 a.m. parish mass in the morning, and then the relics are available all day until 6 p.m. on Monday. And then that brings us to our Mass of Thanksgiving uh, with Bishop Kagan, which will be followed by our, our candlelight procession. So I know that's a lot of times and a lot of dates. All those details can be found on our parish website, uh, Um You can find all of the information there also on the, on the diocesan website here, bismarckdiocese.com. And then there's a great website, too, um, stbernadetteusa.org, that will give you the whole details of the relics on their route. Um, I think once they're finished here in Bismarck, they'll be heading out to uh, Montana, uh, Diocese of Great Falls Billings. Well, fantastic. I mean, what an exciting uh, opportunity for so many people in our listening area, and especially uh, around uh, the Bismarck uh, area, to, to make that pilgrimage uh, to the Pro-Cathedral of St. Mary's in Bismarck, um, and to uh, participate in so many beautiful opportunities to pray, to celebrate Mass, uh, candlelight uh, procession, uh, just really a beautiful opportunity coming uh, tomorrow, Sunday and Monday, June 18, 19-20. Um, we're visiting here with Father Jared Johnson, and we are so thankful uh, for uh, you sharing with us the good news uh, of the relics of St. Bernadette there in Bismarck. So, Father Jared, thank you very much, and have a great day, and God bless you this weekend Thanks. with St. Bernadette. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Karen. Have a great weekend. Wow, that was really amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a lot a lot of people here in you know Western South Dakota, they could make a quick trip up yeah, to Bismarck could. over the weekend, and there's a lot of things going on, you know, because the church is kicking off these uh, three years of Eucharistic revival in the United States with this Corpus Christi celebration this Sunday. Very exciting. I know a lot of dioceses and parishes uh, across uh, the United States and in our listening area, marking that with uh, some really wonderful. Uh, Wonderful celebrations. I know here in the Diocese of Rapid City, um, we have a 3 p.m. Mass on Sunday, Corpus Christi, uh, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Our Lord Jesus Christ, a 3 p.m. Mass here at the Cathedral with Bishop Peter Mewich. And then right after Mass, we're going to do a procession down 5th Street, uh, about a mile and a half, mile 1.7 miles um, down uh, 5th Street, all the way uh, across the creek and into Memorial Park, and the band shell there will be ready, uh, prepared as an altar uh, for a short period of adoration and benediction, and then a big uh, barbecue party set up by our Knights of Columbus councils here in the Black Hills. Uh, so a huge, wonderful celebration for Corpus Christi here in the Diocese of Rapid City. I know uh, across our listening area, many dioceses are having exciting uh, beginnings to this Eucharistic revival. What a wonderful way to show the world 
the love of Christ and the true presence. Yeah, I know. I mean, a lot of people are so excited. Some have not been involved in a procession. And we've done processions here at the cathedral in the past, not for the last couple of years. Um, but they've been relatively small. Just right? go around the block. Go around the block here <laughs> whatnot. Uh, um, so to actually to process with our Lord, to follow our bishop, mm-hmm. to follow our Lord in the Eucharist through the streets. I mean, really, to take him out yes. and, uh, I'd, and people to take notice. And I think it's a representative of what our lives, we were talking earlier mm-hmm. in the show, our lives are to be bringing Christ outward into the community, into the world. What a beautiful way to start the mission we're called for in a unique way in the next three years. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to go to break here just in we, a moment. We're no? actually going to send it up to Fargo. To You're do... going to send it to Fargo? Who's I up know. in Fargo? I South Dakota's up in Fargo. <laughs> All right, well, let's kick it over to Heather up in Fargo. We'll be right back. All right, listening. Folks, be sure to tune in on Monday for the next Real Presence Live. We're going to be broadcasting live from the Diocesan of Bismarck Seminarian Golf Course, right from the Mandan Golf Course. Karen Selensky and Mike Kodrowski are going to be your hosts. We're going to get to chat with Father Jordan Dosh. We get to chat with uh, Deacon Josh Hill, Eric Arts, Mike Beekler, and Ron Schatz. It's going to be a fun-filled, packed show. So stay with us on Monday morning, 9 to 11 Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, guys. You're so good. I try. <laughs> I know. I'm better at the what, Hey, hey Heather, what, what's, your, what's your home original home parish? Well, that just <laughs> happens to be the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And remember, you're always welcome back home at the Mother Church. Amen. She is home for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. Thank so, you. Karen, we have had a, an amazing show. It was on fire, like you said. It was heating up. <laughs> heating up. Especially Jim. Yeah, Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services was on fire. And, uh, you know, he's got a great love for Christ. He does. And the mission that he serves and the people that he um, cares for uh, in such a beautiful way. Um, and also uh, with uh, Michael Pauly from yep. uh, the South Dakota Catholic Conference. There's going to be great things coming out of there. Yeah. You know, again, you know, I, I'm always amazed. You know, uh, I don't know if all of our listeners know, but the Diocese of Rapid City is the smallest diocese in the lower 48 and the second smallest in all of the dioceses of the United States. There are about 26,000 Catholics here spread out across like 44,000 square miles I mean a huge area um, and and yet so many beautiful graces are, are occurring here by by such committed uh, people who are just taking their faith in the Lord and taking up the mantle yeah uh, uh, with Christ and following him wherever wherever he leads them you know whether that's a like the layman that we spoke to today mm-hmm. our priests our religious our uh, permanent deacons um, those who are living out and supporting marriage and family life uh, marriage matters this uplifting parents I mean uh, we've had Jim on before to talk about that but yeah. it's really a powerful powerful program and the things that are, are happening there in Bismarck right our neighbors to the north uh, and Especially with, with their ordinations, the ordinations are amazing. What a beautiful up there. blessing so, for them! And we're looking forward to our ordination yep, here, and, I, and it's a kind of ordination season across across the church here in the United States. So, we well, thank you for listening to us today on Real Presence Live. It's been a great show. It's been a wonderful show. And next up, what do we have coming up next on uh, Real Presence Radio? There's more to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek is coming up next. I love that. I've read so many of his books. He's such a do great... You? Yeah. Is it good, uh, good, good advice for you too, huh, Good Father? advice for me. So uh, until next time, whenever that may be... 
<laughs> I'm Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibis. God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.